The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen Because this is just a little bit before, so that... The warm-up. Kind of, I guess. See, I know you don't listen. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm the worst. At the beginning of each episode, I have a little... Like, I talk, I talk to the... I talk to the person a little bit so that I can get kind of warmed up and not as nervous and everything like that. Right. And then, and then when I start the episode from the part of us talking before, I try to find something funny and then clip that out and then put it in the beginning before it starts. Gotcha. So it's like, like an intro. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a cold open. Gotcha. This is what it's called, but it's how, not. Uh, how nervous are you with me right now? Not nervous, really. <laughs> I would hope so. The only thing is that I just fee- would maybe feel a little stupid talking about Pearl Jam with you. Since... <laughs> Why? <laughs> just cause... I don't know anything about them. Not that you don't know anything about them. It's just that it's... Which is true, yes. It's, I don't know, sort of like my geekiness that we don't share. Right. Unlike, you know, all the other stuff that... We do share. Yeah, that we are geeky about together with, and where we can both be like, And for the record, I like Pearl Jam. I appreciate Pearl Jam. I'm not like completely clueless. I'm just not an expert. No, I know. That's you are. That's the thing. I'm trying to think of like, (laughs) is there's like an equivalent, something that I have that you know nothing about? That Lord of the Rings? I feel like you know enough about it to like. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't know. You're not as. I don't know. You're not as smart as me about it, but <laughs> I'm older. I don't know. It's okay. I like, I enjoy listening to you talk about things that you love and care about. And I don't have to completely understand it to appreciate that and to do my best. I don't know. Okay. And then also like, since this is just a kind of weirdo bullshit songs <laughs> so you saved me for the bottom of the barrel is what we're saying I'm not really <laughs> i don't <laughs> i mean you probably have as much to say about it as that's good that's probably the best song you could have chosen for us then we're I on guess. equal ground <laughs> welcome to season two episode 17 of the better band podcast an all-encompassing trip through the pearl jam catalog I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome to the Better Band Podcast. I am Brandon, the host, and today I have a guest, of course, okay, uh, <laughs> and uh, that guest is Molly Palomo. Hello, Molly. Hey. And we have the same last name. Weird. Yes. <laughs> Why is that? Be- oh, <laughs> because... You're my wife. <laughs> you just had to take the opportunity, didn't you? Of course. Any opportunity. Well, you have to. You have to say it like that when you're making a podcast. It's part of the uh, the user agreement when you sign up to be on Apple Podcasts and uh, all that other stuff. When you click the buttons, the terms and agreements. 
Which I know nothing about. No. Um, but I have you on, and uh, I welcome you. Oh, and thank you. Today we're talking about the versus outtake Creedy Stomp that was released on the versus reissue, the anniversary reissue, along that came in the box set with the Vitology reissue. And it is an instrumental song written by Mike McCready. There's no lyrics to it uh, because they had some songs around this time that Eddie Vedder just didn't have time to put lyrics and melodies and stuff to. So this is uh, that song that they decided to put on this reissue to convince people like me to (laughs) go ahead and buy it again because we need everything. Because there was one extra two-minute song on it. Yep, exactly. Um, I thought you were going to say that it's an instrumental song that has no lyrics because it's, you know, instrumental. Well, yeah, (laughs) that too. Basically. Uh, But since you have never been on this podcast before. Correct. I have to ask you, like I do everybody the first time they're on, when is the first time you heard of Pearl Jam? No, wait, no. Crap, I messed up my own question. (laughs) Molly, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Oh gosh. Honestly, I I I remember hearing the name of the band on the radio mm-hmm. when I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten. Like just I don't know, listening to Alice ninety six point five back in the day when I was young, but I didn't know who they were or what you know, I don't think I ever listened to the songs. I just remember hearing the name. And for some reason, something about the name made it seem like they were a band I shouldn't be listening to. <laughs> I don't know why. Other than I was just very sheltered and, you know. What about that name makes it sound I like I don't it's... know. The jam, maybe? I shouldn't be listening to anything that's too jamming. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was not allowed to watch and listen to a lot of stuff growing up, so... But I didn't, I wasn't familiar with them. And then, honestly, not until we started dating. And then you're like, oh, they're my favorite band. I was like, okay, cool. I know nothing <laughs> about them. And then you probably had me start listening to stuff. And that was literally my first, like, actual exposure mm-hmm. to them. Some, what, 11 years ago now? Yeah. So 11 and a half, something. I don't think I heard the name Pearl Jam before I heard the band because my dad had a a cassette tape mm-hmm. that he you know had and so that he got from somebody i don't know he worked a record company or for a radio or something like that and so then he had he got these tapes and stuff like that mm-hmm. the, for from him or whatever like that and so i saw pearl jam on it and i was like what the hell <laughs> is this because because with that name you can't really tell what is a pearl jam what is it yeah <laughs> and so it's just sort of like you can't really get, at least I couldn't get anything out of it. Yeah. Like from what it could sound like. I mean, something like so, something else at the time, you know, like kind of Nirvana. It's kind of like, okay. I mean, there was also like a psychedelic hippie band or something like that called Nirvana mm. as oh, yeah. well. Yeah. Um, that was out before the Kurt Cobain Nirvana. And so if you. <gasps> knew any of that then it was just kind of like oh okay so it's gonna be something else like that but nirvana kind of put something in your head of kind of like okay buddhism enlightenment something right. i don't know even though it's not really like what they sound like it's still you a could word. draw that conclusion though 
yeah it's it's something that means something yeah i don't know i don't know if maybe it just sounded like one of the just rock bands that were around mm-hmm. that you know i just wasn't allowed to listen to any of so it was just sort of like well, okay i can't listen to any of that but although somehow i was listening to the radio <laughs> whatever but i don't think i could have related a song to them until we got together mm-hmm. and, it's like, and then and then like some of the ones you'd play like oh okay i've heard this song i had no idea that that's who that was had no idea you know who they were but i've heard that song on the radio at mm-hmm. some point and then you know then i understood the first thing to me that sticks out about the song is it has a lot of phaser in it and you're looking at me like you don't know, I don't what, know what that means, means. Phaser is the guitar effect in it that makes it kind of like, kind of sounds like a little bit like swirly in it. Um, You hear it on some like Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I know like heard like that sort of stuff. And I don't know if your dad, when he plays a guitar, if he uses that effect a lot or something like that you hear when he plays it Now this is different than like the wah-wah kind of sound. Okay. Now that one I know. Yeah. You know, I have a father who's a guitar player and a husband who's a guitar player, and I know absolutely nothing about <laughs> any of it. And I feel like I'm failing. No, it's okay. It's 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 the the geeky guitar sort of thing is when you start getting into effects and stuff like that. It's like, uh, I know clean, and then I know distortion. <laughs> but it's like, oh, you know, you, you got your phaser. Oh, you need to adjust the depth and the, uh, you know. And especially when you start getting into trying to describe what the sound is like oh well see it uh doubles the sound then modulates the uh i don't don't know like when i read a description when i was first getting into guitar about what each of the effects does it's so stupid it's like oh it doubles the effect it's like okay (laughs) and then it filters the but it's not really a filter what it does is it modulate i i can't even remember like how (laughs) how to describe like what a phase is right but it's like it makes no sense at all and it's like okay well it kind of sounds like a flanger oh well that is something completely different you <laughs> see what a flanger does is it doubles the signal and wait it you said it doubles what does the it signal. sound like yeah it's like okay is it the sound that goes or is it the sound gotcha. that goes like or is it the sound that goes like that's all i need to know yeah but um uh, it's the the phaser s- uh, stuck out to me because it's pretty much like around this time, I believe that Mike McCready, the guitar player who like, wrote the song and everything like that, he uh, joined a side project slash super group okay. called uh, Mad Season, mm-hmm. and that I is. I feel like I actually actually recognize that name. Yeah, they had a they had a huge song River of Deceit. That they played on the radio uh, around that time as the singer of uh, Alice in Chains mm-hmm. and Mike McCready. And then I believe the drummer for Screaming Trees. I'm just going to say that. I might be wrong. 
people will send me corrections. Maybe not. And then I can't I, correct you. So. And then like a, a random bass player, I think. Who cares about the bass player? Um, but well, <laughs> he died. He oh shit! <laughs> I think Sorry, he, I apologize. I think, he, I, I think he was the first one of them to die, or the second the one first of them. One to, of them to well, die. yeah, because the lead singer of Alice in Chains died. It's like a blood pad going and, on. Or what? Well, pretty much like all of them liked heroin in the Fair band. Enough. So. <laughs> Yeah, at that at, around that time, but they were all in various levels of getting clean at that point, gotcha. and then going on from that, either succeeding or failing. Yeah, in that album that he played, they only, you know, of course had one. In that, he uses Phaser a lot, so I don't mm -hmm. know if it's like something he kind of discovered around the time where he got a good one, or he just liked the way it sounded. He just, yeah, just. Like the way it sounded and just put it like all over the record. Yeah. Like sort of like around this same time frame that uh, R.E.M. Mm -hmm. on their album Monster, they, uh, the guitar players, uh, Mike Mills. Yes. Oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, around that same time, Mike Mills got a, got an amp that had tremolo built into it. Also. I say tremolo. Mm -hmm. Other people say tremolo. Also, don't know what that is. It's the it makes the volume kind of go up and down. Okay. So you hear so it'll go like, so you're playing it like. Okay. Kind of like that, but um, he got a guitar amp that had that built into it, and then he liked the way it sounded, and so then on that REM album Monster, it's all over that album. So. Mm -hmm. That album is defined by, by that, that sound, sound, sort of like how I think that the phaser defines the Mad Season album. Right. And this song's song. got it. So I don't know, chicken egg or whatever <laughs> came first. But that's just something I noticed and, of right. course, have to mention because I have to uh, talk about something. <laughs> well, partly that. And then also, you know, I got to make the people who listen to this podcast make it seem like. I know something. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Yeah, especially with the song that I pretty am, I'm, 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 that nobody really knows anything really about right. because it's, you know, an album or it's a, a, an outtake that found its way onto the album, but it's got no lyrics. So I think that a lot of the Pearl Jam instrumental sort of things, since it's missing Eddie, the star, right. you know, the people, the, the guy who, the good looking guy who most people care about and stuff. They're like, ah, it doesn't have any words, so it, it can't really impact somebody, I think, as much as right. as uh, a song with words that you can have, like, an interpretation mm -hmm. of or something like that. Do you get any interpretation or visuals or anything like uh, that visuals, from the song? Visuals, yes. Interpretation, or? no. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, and actually, that's something that I was, I was, I was going to talk about because I am not musically educated or inclined in the way of you know i don't know how to talk about this instrument making that effect and using this tempo yeah it's just i'm not you know i don't play music i never have and so like i don't i don't listen to music with that kind of an ear listening for certain kinds of anything mm -hmm. but i've always music to me sort of i interpret music in my head 
through yeah images and and stories and characters and you know I hear songs and I immediately associate with something and that's just kind of how I've always been um and especially with instrumental music it always has been very strong visual images with any kind of instrumental music I listen to mm-hmm. um and I think that actually I remember I was homeschooled and one of the first things I remember my mom projects or whatever that she had me do I was like six and she had me listen to uh opera and Mm -hmm. like some classical music and then i had to write a paper about like what images it brought to mind and what kind of story like it told like just through listening to the music of course it was about like flying horses or something (laughs) i was i was the horse girl (laughs) i was that person um and i don't know if that started or if that's just kind of how my brain works but especially with anything instrumental it's just it, it can't i can't just listen to it it immediately becomes like a I don't know, a story or a visual in my head. Um, This might sound stupid or ridiculous, um, but literally the only thing that I could think of listening to it, the the way it sounded to me is like, I could just, I could see it like in an action movie or like an Avengers type movie. Like, you know, that, like that montage scene where they're like all gearing up for battle and getting, you know, getting their weapons, getting their themselves geared up or whatever. and, And kind of, psyching themselves up for whatever they got to do like i don't know that's like the only thing that like that's what i saw in my head at least when i was listening to it it's like i I could see it in the background of some kind of superhero movie or action movie or something if that makes any sense no yeah (laughs) but that's just what that's just what i kind of got the vibe from for some reason yeah the in the kind of like the endish kind of bridge part um when and then just the music dorkimi says like the 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 parts that are in uh that are in six eight it makes it it has a sort of soaring feeling Mm -hmm. I think, and I was, I think I was going to comment, it was probably the same part because I wouldn't have the terminology to describe it. I just, I just looked at the, at the, at the time of the song. I was like, okay, this is like the 50 ish second mark and like the (laughs) one minute 40 ish mark. Cause I don't know what anything about it, but it kind of like lightens up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really like, I mean, I liked the whole song. I think it's, it's, it's good. You know, it's a good, it's good guitars. It's, it's, you know, a good song, but I, I liked specifically that part of it and like it lightens up a little bit and just kind of sounds i don't know like i said i can just see it in the background of some kind of cool action movie the character's doing something cool i don't know (laughs) but it's very kinetic you can there's movement yeah yeah in that part of the song you kind of i don't know it's it's you know it's called creedy stomp and i think like the verse parts of it feel kind of stomping and plotting yeah and then once it gets to the uh the chorus-ish sort of parts. It, it's lighter on its feet. It's not really stomping mm-hmm. at that point. It's kind of doing a Naruto run <laughs> through. Uh... <laughs> um, before I sound real stupid and don't know what I'm talking about, kind of near the end-ish, like, is there any kind of like wah-wah type sound in near the end? You, I just listened to it. You didn't. <laughs> it, that's what it sounded like to me, to an uneducated 
passive music listener has no idea what she's talking about. I don't know. The guitar does some cool stuff at the end of the song. <laughs> That's the song that I like. Yeah, like in the as he's soloing in the end yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. He has. <laughs> I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> he's got he's he's right. got his wand. I don't know. I just yeah, it sounds cool. How about that? Yeah. Um, I also thought that at least the main the first riff kind of sounds uh, almost like the song. Uh, connection from the Glamour and Squalor soundtrack from 2015 that Mike McCready kind of did the score-ish. Has anyone uh, ever heard of that for movie? Because um, I haven't. Uh, that movie is a documentary about a uh, Seattle DJ. Yeah, a, uh, a, a DJ from Seattle, uh, Marco Collins, and... Um, it's a documentary. It's got a bunch of music people pretty much talking about how he discovered a lot of music and vied for a lot of uh, uh, local music- musicians and stuff like that when Seattle was getting huge and everything like that. Gotcha. But um, that track has a kind of sounds similar to me. Did you get no, that at I all? No, I did actually a lot. And okay. I... I Maybe just because I listened to them back to back, mm-hmm. you know, whereas if I had heard them separately two weeks apart, you know, I probably would have never made <laughs> that connection. Oh. See, what, see what I did there? <laughs> And of course that song is, you know, a lot more acoustic and mellow yeah. and but like the the riff, you know, the melody or whatever is super similar. And I like I said, you might have to listen to it back to back to hear it, but having done that, I immediately was like, Oh yeah, that's it's like almost the same song, but just like stripped down and acoustic and kind of made, you know, mellow instead of rock. Yeah. But it, it really does I don't know if he did it intentionally, used kind of the same key you know, notes or, or uh, tempo or whatever, but, or just, that's kind of what he was, no, how long, they were far enough apart no, yeah. that he wasn't doing it at the same time. Uh, maybe he just forgot. No, yeah, I mean, like, if, if well, too, I mean, you know, when you are playing guitar and stuff like that, you kind of have, sometimes you'll have, like, little sort of riffs and stuff like that you kind of go back to. Right. And I mean, especially if it's something that isn't, a huge mainstream radio hit, something that you have on a record, something right. that I can get other, away with this. Other people have heard, you know, you might forget about something. And so it's just kind of like, oh, hey, you're not going to realize, oh, hey, this kind of sounds like this other thing. Right. You know, because if you have it, you know, on a CD that other people have heard, you've probably heard it more than the once or twice that you're just <laughs> messing around with it. All and, right. But yeah, it, it's, I mean, like, because, like, if you've heard your dad playing guitar and stuff like that, and, like, he's, like, playing solos and stuff like that, there's kind of, like, a couple little things he'll repeat. Oh, and yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, and so, like, it's kind of like, oh, okay, he's doing that thing again. Right. And kinda... um, it's funny. In 
Irish music. My mom and I have noticed because we listen to a lot of Irish bands Mm -hmm. and have also kind of growing up listened to a whole lot of like Irish trad music and kind of traditional Celtic music and stuff like that, you know, be it traditional songs or then just songs that bands that happen to be Irish have written. There is like this one riff, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, progression of notes that literally pops up in almost every single song. Oh, really? Like, and it's it's almost become a running joke where like we'll listen to you know whether it's a traditional song of some sort of folk song or like a you know a song that like Flogging Molly has or whatever and like we'll we'll catch it and we'll hear it and we'll look at each other like oh there it was again. Does it go like? No, it's like dun 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 dun. Like there's just like this little like, and it's in everything, and I don't know like how that started if it just became like for whatever reason something that they just did and. I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know why, but then it's something that just culturally they just decided to adopt or didn't, you know, unintentionally or what, but you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's. I wonder if the uh, cat making noise is going to pick up. (laughs) I don't know. He keeps trying to get up all in my business and get me to pet him. And I don't trust him. Um, Also in a lot of nine inch nails and Trent Reznor, music he's got a uh a particular sort of progression that he has like in a lot of stuff it's like dun 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 that's like all over the place and like once you hear it like twice in two different songs mm-hmm. you'll start hearing it in like everything in, yeah and, and a ton so i think of that's how that's we were with that like I think it probably started as like a very traditional thing because it's mm-hmm. in it's in almost all of the like trad songs, at least kind of the more like upbeat ones. And then just kind of took off from there for whatever reason, people just incorporating it in their own music. But it's I think, like you said, it's one of those things once you hear it and kind of recognize it, then like, yeah, you can hear it in, in everything. I'm not used to listening to instrumental rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I listen to instrumental music, it's tends to be you know classical music mm-hmm. or just kind of more like low-key acoustic kind of instrumental stuff you know stuff that would make you know good background writing music or whatever um so like i think the first 50 seconds of the song like i kind of like i knew it was an instrumental but like subconsciously i just kind of kept waiting for the lyrics to start mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just because i'm not I, it just felt like weird to like okay well yeah <laughs> where's the words then like it's just gonna keep going on like this um and I think at least for someone like me who doesn't listen to a lot of instrumental rock, it was like, it was a perfect length, I think, or else I would have started losing interest mm-hmm. and getting bored. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, nothing's happening. So, <laughs> but which is weird because I can listen to, I can listen to classical music or, or any other kind of instrumental music all day and like not have that problem, but also probably not have that expectation of like, I'm not used to hearing like rock songs have words, you know, but that's just my limited oh, yeah. experience. Yeah. And, and other bands that are strictly sort of instrumental rock music and stuff like that instrumental metal and everything they there's a lot more changes and stuff right so it doesn't get repetitive so, or... yeah i'm but you know there's things that they'll go back to or there's parts where you know they'll just be like noise and kind of like weird stuff kind of going on so it's kind of not the same like like you just said you said something about, about like on and on. Was it just like a song that like he didn't have time to write lyrics to? Journalist Jonathan Cohen has spent a lot of time with Pearl Jam. There were a few instrumentals that were finished in the verses era that Eddie just didn't have time to put lyrics and vocal melodies on. And 
they would occasionally get mentioned in interviews as well. Maybe we'll finish these someday. But um, what, what you have here is just one of those instrumentals without any contribution from Eddie. It's just the guys rocking. And you can sort of hear in your head where a vocal melody might go, but I think it's just as cool to hear it in its instrumental form. Yeah, it's... Because, like, it's... I mean, it sounds like it should have words. Like, it has yeah. a very, like, a structure, like a rock song structure that, like, you're waiting for words yeah. <laughs> because like it sounds like it should have and like like you said where if, if it was meant meant 100 percent to be an instrumental song it might have sounded a little different it might have had a little bit more changes or mm-hmm. whatever like you said but like I, th- I think that was part of me kind of just going like, okay okay keep waiting for it keep waiting for it and it's not gonna come <laughs> but <laughs> um that kind of makes sense just because it has it has a very like okay verse chorus or bridge and verse kind of like structure you can tell yeah that that's how it was written. Yeah, kind of around this time, they when they were writing and recording for their second album and stuff, they did a lot of writing when they were out on tour. And, you know, they'd kind of was like, oh, okay, here's the song, here's what I got. And then they'd kind of like figure it out. And then Eddie would write the words and everything like that. And mm-hmm. they'd, you know, put it together. And all, pretty much all these songs they played live uh, before they recorded Hmm. it for the album but then they were also writing stuff that would end up on their third album too Mm -hmm. and so you know there's kind of stuff where it's kind of like oh i got something you know you bring it in it's kind of like okay cool and um i I think too probably around this time possibly like right after the second album uh he started having like writer's block troubles and stuff like Mm -hmm. that kind of i don't know about like didn't know what he wanted to say or if it was more sort of i got nothing to say or were they like... starting to get famous or like big no yeah it okay. was because was... I, I mean it could have been just pressure too like okay yeah. like crap no, like yeah, yeah, what yeah. do i write now that they're gonna like as much as what i've been writing you know no, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do i live up to those expectations I don't know. That about sums up all of like the 50 words that I wrote on my phone <laughs> about it the first time I listened to it. And this last time that I listened to it, I, like, I got to I should probably actually take notes or I'm not going to have anything to say. I got I got four lines of notes. <laughs> hey, I probably did a little better though. I hit them all. Yep. I had to, you know, live up to the expectation of the podcast though. Oh, well. You I know mean, what you're doing. I don't. Well, as long as you think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's that's the assumption. Of the illusion. So then we're pretty much finished with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> passive <laughs> bystander to all of this, but <laughs> you know, happy to come and support you and help you get through the song that no one else wanted to record. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm here for. It's <laughs> my wifely duty done. <laughs> Is there anything you think that people should uh, check out that? Uh, that, uh, you should you have like. asked me to come up with that like a week ago, so I had time to think. No, I don't know, like uh, TV or food or anything. <laughs> I don't know, like snacks, candy. <laughs> Here's some good snacks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, if you would have told me that you were going to ask me that question, I would have like spent time thinking about, hey, what do I want to, what do I want to plug? Oh, I'm sorry. Friends that you have. Yeah, that have I, was stuff? Gonna, I don't know if anybody, you know that listens to this podcast are big readers or, you know, people that are into young adult literature of any kind. Mm-hmm. But one of my longtime internet friends, Emily Duncan, 
has a book called Ruthless Gods um, that just got released this year, and the sequel is getting released next year. Oh, no. Ruthless Gods is the sequel. I suck. Uh, (laughs) Wicked Saints. Wicked Saints is the first book. Ruthless Gods is coming out next year, and it's awesome and kind of dark and gory fantasy, but super weird and cool, and I've known her for a long time, and so I think it's really cool that she's got that out, and it's... I certainly am not doing anything (laughs) with my life, so... uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what are we watching? What are we doing? Watching. Watching uh, the Watchmen. Watching Watchmen. Watchmen. <laughs> and his dark materials. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe when those are over, we'll get Disney Plus and then. Yeah. Because I don't think those there's that many more episodes to go for those, maybe. Thanks for coming on and talking with me. And of course. Maybe someday I'll come back and talk about a, an actual song <laughs> with lyrics. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, you can if you want. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to find one. Maybe, I don't know. You're on their second album? Yeah. Yes. But the third season and third album are coming right up this week. Oh. Yes. Friday the 22nd. Very cool. Yep. I'll and have to, I have no idea which albums of theirs are which, so I'll have to look it up and see if there's a song that I know that I like. Right. I don't know if I need to say thank you again or whatever. It's okay. I'll, 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 I always appreciate your thanks. Okay. I'll hit stop. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> The Better Band Podcast was produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ListenUpReno. I'm also on Twitter at BrandonP at B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode coming December 3rd. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Molly, and as always, this is Brandon saying, Hello, I'm actor Troy McClure. You kids might remember me from such educational films as Lead Paint, Delicious But Deadly, and here comes the metric system. <laughs> <laughs>